Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap, presented by On Tap Sportsnet. I am Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese. Tony, we are talking about a gem from Reynaldo Lopez out in Cleveland to close out that series. White Sox win 7-1, split the series with the Tribe. Uh, good to not lose a series uh, for once here, Tony. It's been a little bit of a rough stretch, Atlanta and Minnesota back home before this, but uh, I will take a series split in this one. How about you? Yeah, absolutely, John. It's always a great day when you and I can get out and uh, watch a game together, whether that be in person at the ballpark or at a bar and throw some beers back and watch a Raylo gem. So, um, yeah, just pleasantly surprised with what we saw today. I think uh, I talked about it a little bit last night. Um, you know, Raylo needed to pitch a clean game, needed to get through it just uh, untouched, and, and that's kind of how it felt. I know he gave up the, uh, the one run, but... Um, can't complain at all about today's happenings. Uh, very happy, happy human, as uh, Eddie O would say, about today's result. Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, dominant, dominant line for Inalo Lopez. Complete game, nine innings pitch, one hit, one run. It was earned three walks, 11 strikeouts. That double-digit, that magic double-digit strikeout number that we like to talk about, Tone, uh, definitely big help today for Raylo. Uh, we know that's the type of pitcher that he can be. We've seen him K-14 in a game before. Um, I just love to see it. And the only damage, like you talked about, it, it was uh, he very well could have been out of that inning as well because it was in the second inning, and Bowers uh, had a two-out walk, and then Plowecki, the only hit of the day for the Tribe, did end up resulting in a run. It was an RBI double, but then he came right back and struck out Allen right after that, so no further damage. Um, and other than that, he was spotless, man. One, two, three innings in the starting in the, let's see, uh, yeah, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Uh, and before that, he had gotten Bowers out. So, um, you know, a great stretch to end the game there. Second half of the game for Raylo, really finishing strong. I know when we were out there, we were talking and we were looking, and I think that was the seventh inning. We're like, oh, Raylo's only at, you know, 74, 75. I was like, yeah, I'd leave him, you know, he can go, you know, eight hopefully nine, and then he did. He went nine, and it showed no fatigue at all uh, in that ninth inning. Uh, he, he was fine, well, one, two, three, like I had said, so just really encouraging stuff from Raylo on the mound today. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really expect him to carry this the whole way through, and he did. And one of the things that you said when we were over at the bar was, you know, you wanted a fresh bullpen for this weekend. Well, Raylo delivered, um, and that's absolutely excellent. Um, you know, going into a weekend series with a fresh bullpen, that's exactly what you want to see. I mean, that's uh, you couldn't have said it better. Yeah, uh, dude. And another thing we, t- we talk a lot about Raylo. Um, that was it. There, there wasn't that I already listed the damage. Other than that, uh, he was lights out. So uh, let's get into the offense. We talked about wanting more runs, and we got more runs today. Uh, six last night, even though it was a losing effort. Seven today. Um, obviously good enough. Uh, they only needed two to win this one, but um, th- they got that early. So uh, it was nice to see. Tony, I think it's a little bit, you know, we talk about bad baseball, weird baseball, not fundamental baseball, all of that stuff. Um, I know the sun was out and playing a factor, but one of their top guys, Lindor, in the second inning, Moncada leads off with a little bloop single that he kind of misplays, and then we take advantage of it. How sweet is that? Beef right after that, two-run bomb out to left field. So um, that was great to see. That put the Sox on the board first. Um, like I'd mentioned in the bottom of the second, that's when Cleveland got one back. But uh, it was no looking back then after that. Yolmer with an RBI single in the fourth. 
Um, Yomer, another RBI, it was, it was a walk in, in the six, and then angle to RBI single. That was good to see him come up clutch there. Um, and then uh, we had a one more in the ninth, a beef RBI ground out. So I know as much as we like to complain about uh, we want Yerman Mercedes to see these at bats, and I still stand by that. Um, at least Castillo, if he's in there, he's going to do something. <laughs> three for five today, uh, you know, three RBIs. Uh, that ain't bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... <sighs> We haven't seen much out of him this year, but getting getting that beef home run today, um, I think that was something we didn't expect, but also something that we can all cheer for. You know, you, you want to beat the Cleveland Indians every time you play them. And, uh, you know, it just felt today more or less so that uh, the guys that uh, you don't normally see on the board um, we're, we're getting the job done. You know, you got RBIs from Castillo. You got two RBIs from Yomer. You got two RBIs from Adam Engel. It was a cast of uh, White Sox dead weight putting up the runs tonight, today. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying tonight because I feel like it's already nighttime. Uh, that's what happens when you're about seven beers deep and it's only four o'clock. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what happens. But, um, you know... A lot of production from the back end of the lineup today. Always great when you get some of those guys who uh, you don't really count on to uh, do most of the damage in the ballgame that actually come through. So uh, pretty pretty solid effort, I think, all around from the bottom of the lineup today, 6 through 9. Yeah, uh, pleasant surprises, I think, is what I'd call them. Uh, 4 for 15 and running runners in scoring position. I know you like that one a lot. Um, it could could be stole you know, it from me. Yeah, could could be improved even uh, you know more, but that's all right. If you're doing four four of those in a game, um, and you got a guy just lights out on the mound, then you know it doesn't really matter that. So uh, that was good to see. Um, another just shout out to uh, Danny Mendick. He got his first start today. He was placed at third base, batting seventh today. Uh, he got his first MLB hit on a little bunt that he placed perfectly. Um, and you know me, I'm not too keen on the bunts at all. But uh, in that situation, there, there, I believe there was runners on first and second. So um, he was trying to do a job, but he put it down perfectly uh, in a spot. And, uh, you know, it ended up loading the bases there. So um, th- that was good to see for Danny Mendick. And they did get a tr- first true single. I uh, did rope one out. I believe it was to left center um, later in the game. So uh, just that's a good story for Danny Mendick, man. Uh, later round draft pick, homegrown White Sox talent. Uh, you know, been in the system for a while, finally getting a shot. So I like to see stuff like that, especially when, you know, these games we're not competing. Don't really matter. So it's at least good to see something like that. Feel good story, I guess. Was that the bunt of the year, Johnny? <laughs> it looked like it, man. It, it really did. It, it was it was perfectly placed. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I mean, Danny Mendick, just like I said on Twitter, um, just coming up there and proving that he should have been on this team all year and would have been one of Ricky's favorite players the entire time he was up here. You know, just laying that bunt down. Perfect placement, perfect result. What else do you want? Yeah, and, and that what you talk about being opportunistic, 
that's an opportunistic uh, play right there because that loads up the bases. Next guy up, that is in the sixth inning because that's when Yolmer Sanchez um, came through with the, uh, you know, just a walk, but still that drives in a run. And then that uh, let Angle open it up, really, uh, to give us a 6-1 lead with a two RBI single after that. So keep the line moving, uh, do what you got to do to get on. And, uh, you know, a little, little uh, funny little uh, thing that happened when they threw, you know, they requested the ball the White Sox dug out. They're all, you know, uh, shouting at uh, the, they, I think they had a meeting at the mound then after that when the bases got loaded up. They're, so they're shouting at Cleveland, oh, you know, throw us the ball over here. Larry Garcia is the one that scoops it up on the top step of the dugout, and he's wearing a hoodie because he wasn't playing today. Larry Garcia and Jose Abreu both got the day off. But Larry Garcia is wearing a hoodie. He's got a practice ball like he's going to, you know, give to the outfielders to go and take out the next inning in his hoodie pocket. So he picks up the ball from Mendick, does a real quick switch in his hoodie, and throws one up into the crowd. So it looked like he was throwing Mendick's first hit ball up there and all the dugouts like laughing, whatever. And then he pulls it out of his hoodie pocket, the actual ball, and they go and, uh, you know, store it in the locker room. So uh, that, that was just pretty funny. Uh, a little shenanigans. You know, you know, it's good to see them having fun again. You can do that when you're up, uh, when you're well, up. We talked, like that, so. we, we talked about this a little bit earlier last or earlier this week, how the dugout didn't look like it was having any fun. And you saw some fun today. You've seen some fun throughout this series. Um, just like I kind of commented about, um, you know, Aussie Sox fan, uh, our guy Jason Hoskins tweet last night, ever since we talked about the give a shit and the having the fun and all that other stuff, um, the Sox have actually done some of that. And it's really good to see that uh, in an afternoon ball game. Um, you know, maybe it's just the, the change of pace today with it being an afternoon game, but you know, you, the, it's just good to see because we haven't seen it in what feels like a long time. So, you know, I, I, I was really happy to see that continue today, especially after last night's loss. I wanted to I wanted to see them come out and have some fun today. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. So what you're telling me is someone in the White Sox clubhouse listens to Sox on tap confirmed, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's no other there's no other explanation for this. Um, they I, I want to say that Ricky puts Sox on tap on in the pregame and has these guys listen before they go out for BP. That sounds about right to me. Um, we were talking about that, you know, the, the guys having fun in the dugout and stuff. Uh, after the game, you know, Reynaldo Lopez, obviously, rightfully so, getting interviewed. Uh, he's the featured man on there uh, on the broadcast. Uh, it was just a hilarious moment. Eloy comes out with a bucket of Gatorade to douse Raylo. And as he's doing that, Yolmer Sanchez simultaneously pours a bucket of Gatorade on Eloy, who was pouring it on Raylo. Um, just hilarious little video gift clip there. So, um, you know, it's just fun to see, fun to see that kind of stuff. Um, and really in a game like this, you can't complain about anything. No errors on the White Sox side. So they cleaned up the Little League stuff from last night. Uh, no real bad base running plays. I guess you could, uh, you know, kind of point to beef getting thrown out at home at one point there um so it, it was he was trying i think he was trying to score on a single um and he got thrown out at home so may, maybe that's uh, the Doesn't one thing matter. the one thing that i could if you're going to talk about anything there but then again you know uh beef ain't as much as bill Watt, bill walton wants to call him it uh he ain't usain bullet out there so um that, that's about it though so it was good it's good to see him do you know stuff like that and, and i want to see more of that um, you keep this kind of uh, morale up throughout the rest of the season. So, Johnny, I know that Lucas Giolito's had some real gems this year. Have you looked at a more perfect box score, though, 
when we do these, because I know I've got the box score up. I'm pretty sure you do as well. Have you looked at a better box score this year for the White Sox doing Sox on tap than today? No, honestly, I don't think I have. Because when you look at this lineup, too, nothing for these Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Reyes, guys that have been, you know, biting us in the ass, hitting us in the past has done it to us, um, even Bowers uh, at times. Ploiecki, the, the catcher, uh, their backup catcher, because I believe it's Perez that usually catches, um, he's the only one with a hit here. And that was an RBI double, like I'd mentioned, in that second inning. So definitely one of the most perfect box scores. Uh, you got strikeouts spread out throughout. Um, struck, Raylo struck out almost every uh, Indians batter minus uh, Lindor. And then um, three of them against Reyes. That's good. One of the big boppers. Uh, and then he did strike. Ploiecki did not strike out, but he only had two at-bats. Um, the guy who pinched it for him, though, Hasse, um, he, he struck out too. So um, Raylo just spreading him around. Definitely a very pretty box score tone. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, why I, that's why I asked you this question is, have you seen something more perfect? I mean, the only thing that could have been better than this was was a no-hitter or a perfect game out of Raylo. Um, just absolute dominance from him today. Yeah, 100% tone. Um, and honestly, that about wraps it up. Uh, White Sox pretty much did everything right. Not a whole lot, even with the lineup, like I'd mentioned. Larry Garcia out, so Ryan Goins playing right field, leading off. No Jose Abreu. You got um, Zach Collins playing first base. I think that's interesting. That's his first time playing first base at the big league level, I believe. I know he did it a bunch in Charlotte when he went back down, um, and he has throughout the season there. But um, none of those guys, those two guys are, I would say, fairly consistent for you, um, and you still get it done. What did you call it, Tony? A Sunday lineup, but just on a Thursday because of the way the series were uh, lined up? That's exactly what I called it. You know, you, you rest some of the guys that you normally see in the lineup. I'm surprised they didn't actually rest a few others. Uh, but, you know, Jose Abreu has been a mainstay in the White Sox batting order um, all year. Uh, good to see him get a day off. And the White Sox capitalize. Um, just a few things I wanted to get into, and I'll lead this in. Ed Farmer had said on the bro- on the radio broadcast, you know, one of the best things that they could do today is win. The second best thing that they could do is give Jose Abreu the full day off. And uh, there, that was that was one Ed Farmer comment that we got today. But let's get into some of the other ones because I know you and I, on our way up to uh, to Bulldog Ale House, had heard some uh, very interesting Ed Farmer content uh, today. The first one, man, uh, the first one that catches my ear is he was talking about Eloy and the year that he's you know had for the White Sox and the 24 home runs and uh, listing off some of the numbers. And he says, boy, if he doesn't win the rookie of the year, um, they got to change something in that voting. Ed, I don't know about that one, Chief. Um, I would go ahead and say Jordan Alvarez. Uh, he's done basically the same thing Eloy has with better slugging, uh, better average in fewer games. Um but, the, you know, he's only like three home runs behind <laughs> Eloy in that. And, you know, Houston's going to be playing longer. Uh, I know they it's only a regular season award, but um, just the, the OPS that that guy ends up putting up, uh, <laughs> he is going to be most likely, in my opinion, if I had a vote, probably AL MVP or excuse me, AL Rookie of the Year. Well, you know, I feel like we get kind of bogged down in some of the uh, the NL guys you know, like the uh, the Pete Alonzo's of the world. But I, I myself don't think that Eloy really had an MVP, well, 
AL Rookie of the Year caliber season. I kind of expected a little bit more. Maybe it's the 250 average um, that's kind of hindering things for me because, like I said last night, I, mean, I want to see this guy around 270, 280 um, consistently. And, you know, I, I think some of the tweets that came out after you had tweeted out uh, uh, the Ed Farmer statement, um, I know we had one guy, uh, I forget the name already, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, who, who else would you pick? But um, I know you came back with Jordan Alvarez. There's really not much in the AL. Um, so I, I wonder if Eli ends up in these discussions. I, I would think he's in the discussions. I think that's fair to say, but um, I don't think he wins it. Um, and yeah, it may, you know, not any fault of his own. I guess maybe it could be uh, with how he got injured. But uh, the the stints out, I think that, you know, has something to do with it. If he could have been healthy during those times and putting up some numbers, he'd probably put himself in a better position looking statistically wise. So, um I just don't see it. Maybe it's just a little bit of the negative Nani in me coming out, but uh, we saw that Jordan Alvarez kid in man, you know, he's talked about on MLB network almost every night. You get the updates from MLB at bad app from him. Uh, whereas those feel more few and far between when it comes to Eloy. Yeah. I mean, Eloy has been doing it in bunches too. I think that kind of hinders him as far as uh, the rookie of the year voting. Uh, I mean, when he hits home runs, they seem to come, you know, two in a game, maybe one the day before or after, uh, whereas some of these other guys kind of spread it out just a little bit and uh, do it a little bit more consistently. Now, I don't think that Eloy shouldn't be included in the conversations because, I mean, A, one, look at the AL, but two, um, when he has shown these flashes, they've been really good. And, you know, for the amount of time that he has been out, the uh, the home run and power numbers do look pretty decent. Um, you know, you can't argue with that. Um, but at the same point in time, you know, maybe I'm just being a little bit greedy here. You know, I wanted to see 35 home runs from him this year just because that's how he was billed as. Oh, and we, yeah, we we deserve one that, I remember what I said before the season on Sox Weekly, Tony? Um, I said, Eloy is going to be a surefire, you know, immediately impact that sort of light the world on fire type of guy. Um, I, I wish we had gotten that. I'm not going to retract that statement at all. I know people like to preach patience. Uh, I'm sick. I, I'm sick and tired of your patience uh, narratives. I, I wanted it all right away. And I thought he had a chance to be the first one since Moncada wasn't. But, you know, now we're going to point to Luis Robert. Um, I'm going to tame my expectations on that one, too. Um, that way I don't get disappointed. But uh, I was trying to provide a little hope for White Sox fans before the season. Well, you know, to me, starting Eloy this year, you know, coming out opening day, I thought that that was the best chance that he was going to get to win the AL Rookie of the Year. And, you know, I don't want to say it's a disappointment if he doesn't, but at the same point in time, when you get a guy who's billed as much as Eloy as a top prospect and, you know, just a favorite coming out of the gate for AL Rookie of the Year. I know we had uh, Guerrero Jr. as well, but um, that's that's something that I really, really wanted to see happen this year. And so, you know, maybe it's just not that he's not the top rookie in the MLB right now that's got me kind of disappointed in it, but I think that plays a factor in how I feel about his year overall. Yeah, I definitely think so, man. Um, it's just it's going to be an interesting uh, vote, interesting conversation when it comes down to the wire there. Um, like I said, I already put mine out there. 
I thoroughly believe that uh, Jordan Alvarez will uh, win this thing. Uh, I think he's just going to continue. He hasn't showed any signs of slowing down, whereas we've seen down periods with Eloy. We've seen the bunches of power uh, of home runs, doubles, and that's all great to see. I want to see it consistently, and I think I mentioned it on a couple nights ago uh, on the show that I want to have more stretches of where it's you know just pure almost domination or consistency at the plate and maybe only three four games of downswing where where he's over or he's only one you know one for four with a single or something like that um i don't want it to be the other way around i don't want it to be five eight games of struggles and then three four games of just lighting it up and then back to the struggles i want to flip-flop that narrative yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. Um, you want to see the consistency, I think, is exactly what you're getting towards. And, you know, we haven't really seen that. Uh, injuries have played a part. Um, just some lackadaisicalness in the field have played a part. Um, there's a lot of different things that have, have kind of hindered the the consistency of what Eloy Jimenez can do. Um, and I think that that really, that really hurts from, from the inside um, from the amount of games that we watch, uh, we can see some of that maybe from the national stage. It's a little bit different. Uh, I personally hope it is. I hope it's a little bit different, and people kind of see him as, as a legitimate threat. Um, we know he is, but we just want to see that, like I said, more consistently. But uh, other than that, man, there's really nothing else that I really have from this game today outside of just you know, way to go stick it to a divisional opponent on a day where you put up your Sunday lineup on a Thursday um, and you get a gem out of a young pitcher um, in, in Reynaldo Lopez. Just all-around complete game masterpiece from the White Sox today. 7-1, uh, to you cannot argue with that. Um, you probably could have won this game by a score of 20-1, to but beggars can't be choosers. You're going to get your runs any way they come. Uh, anytime you beat somebody by six runs, I think that's a really good day. So um, I'm enjoying it. I'm still cracking them and having a good time, Johnny. Yeah, 100%. Well, one last thing. Uh, it's a post-game uh, little thing. They did football jerseys on their uh, you know, plane ride back home, and they were all wearing their respective teams. A lot of Bears ones out there. Um, I thought it was hilarious, the video of Rick Renteria walking out of uh, you know the locker room through that uh, hallway, tunnel, whatever, to their bus, and he's wearing the Ditka uh, sweater, the Bears sweater. Uh, got a cigar, a stogie in his mouth. Um, th- that was just excellent. Uh, town's ready for Bears. So uh, that being said, uh, go check out Bears on Tap. You like these Sox on Tap post-game reactions, uh, previews of the next game? That's what they'll be doing right over there at Bears on Tap. If you're listening to this and you're getting ready for the Bears game yourself, uh, there is a preview episode up. That's Bears on Tap. You can find it at Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, wherever the hell you listen to podcasts, go and find it. And as always, on tapsportsnet.com slash podcast. Go and follow them on Twitter. Uh, plenty of Bears updates coming, but I just want to point that out because there was a video um, of Ricky uh, donning the Ditka gear. So that was pretty cool to see. Bold move there from Ricky to uh, to pull that out. Um, in Chicago coaches' history, is there somebody less qualified than Ricky Renteria to don the uh, the Dicka look? I think they're looking for some positive PR tone. So there you go. That's what that was about. I know. I just had to. I had to throw that out there. Yeah, a hundred percent. Let's move into uh, the series opener 
uh, Friday, Friday night, back on the south side. The boys are back in town. Start me up, all of that. Uh, let's get it going. I can't wait, yes. Tone. I'm going to be back on, uh, you know, my bullshit in Lot B and Section 149 Friday night game. Uh, White Sox Angels, it's Lucas Giolito Day. Uh, Giolito, 14-8, and 8, 330 ERA, 210 strikeouts. Uh, he will be going up against Dylan Peters for the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California. Um, he is 3-2. and two. 4.13 ERA, uh, 44 strikeouts on the year. Um, I do have the Angels-A's game up here. Uh, I'm watching it as we record this, and the Angels were up at one point. I believe it was 6-2, to 6-1, to one, and the A's just had a monster inning. So now the A's are up 8-6. to six. So maybe the maybe that pisses off the Angels and they're ready to go, but I think it's going to be more of uh, their bullpen's worn down and our bullpen is fresh, ready to go. Uh, so that's going to be a big key in this game. Yeah, uh, big news. I will be joining you in Lot B tomorrow. Um, Ooh, I love gonna it. Be, it's going to be a good time. Yes, uh, I can't wait. Like I said, start me up for a play. Been a long time. Uh, you know, boys are back in town. All of that good stuff. Uh, beers will be flowing. Uh, balls will be flying out of the yard. I can't wait. Fireworks will be seen. Um, there's nothing better, man. Um, we talk about, you know, it's fun to go and watch these games at, you know, Bulldog Ale House or uh, in your garage and whatever. Uh, th- that's all fun and, and that's fine. But there's nothing like being uh, on the south side. A Friday night game, too, especially. Uh, definitely a lot of one awaiting going on. Uh, I'll probably see friend of the show. Aloha, Mr. Hand there. Um, looking forward to it, Tone. I'm glad you're going to be out there joining us. So, um, yeah, that's a 7-10 start uh, is what it is for this Friday night matchup on the south side. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I maybe it's just a little false confidence from this uh, this nice win that we had uh, today. And uh, there's another one, uh, you know, comeback win a couple of nights ago in Cleveland. But I'm actually feeling pretty decent about uh, the matchup with the Angels because, Tony, you and I talked about it last time when we were out in Anaheim, uh, and we talked about it at lunch again today. The Angels might as well be called the patchwork. It's Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and the patchwork, man. What the hell are they doing? Why Why can they just not supplement them with anything decent around them? I don't get it. I mean, this is 2015 era White Sox times 10. You know, you get... You get, you get Mike Trout on your team, and uh, you know one of the things I said at lunch was, how the hell did he sign an extension there with some of the names in this lineup? You know, like it it doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, arguably one of the best to play the game ever, all time. We're talking an all time talent here. You know, if he was if he was playing in the NBA, he would be the LeBron James, you know, uh, of baseball and just completely overshadowed by everything. And, you know, we haven't really had this discussion on Chai Sox Weekly. We haven't had it really on Sox on Tap. I know we touched on it maybe a little bit the first time we played the Angels, maybe overshadowed by Bill Walton. But here's the thing. Why is Mike Trout getting overshadowed by Bill Walton? I think that's a problem. That's a very good point, Tone. Um, Seriously, we had talked about other destinations for Mike Trout. Um, You know, imagine that guy in a Yankees uniform. Just imagine what the fanfare would be around him. Imagine him in a Cubs uniform. Imagine him in a Houston Astros uniform. Uh, Just move across town a little bit to the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, 
all the hype in the world, and he would not be overshadowed there. But instead, he's buried in Anaheim, a suburb of Cal- of Los Angeles. Well, we even talked about you know just him going over the Dodgers, how much more publicity he would get. It's really sad, um, and I hope that uh, you know the Angels fans actually appreciate him as much as, say, the South Side of Chicago would. Um, I hate to say that, but you know, not many people get that kind of star. And here's the real sad reality to this: is that the Sox have never spent that kind of money on something that the Angels did to to just lock up Mike Trout and. You know, imagine if they did. Imagine if we had this kind of player. Um, you know, the sad the sad reality to me is that he'd probably be walking in free agency. Yeah, uh, most likely. And uh, you hit on a topic there that could make me run my mouth all day, Tone, but I think that's best served for a uh, postseason episode, uh, offseason sort of talk. I'm sure we'll get plenty of that uh, there. Um, I did, just did want to check back in here. The Angels have used six pitchers by my count today. So uh, not great, Bob, for them, bullpen situation coming into uh, the south side tomorrow night. Uh, no, that's that's absolutely not great. Um, maybe a trap game for the Angels tomorrow um, coming into the south side. You know, they, they kind of had their way with us a little bit when uh, when we were out there and uh, thinking that they're just going to rock in here and, and take their uh, take their wins. But um, Lucas Giolito on the mound. Um, like you said, uh, it's it's looking very good in the White Sox favor tomorrow night on a Friday night on the south side. Should be a beautiful, beautiful night. Maybe, maybe the return of Tony Twista to Lot B tomorrow. Ooh, I would like that a lot. Um, it's been a while since we've seen Tony, but um, that'd be a good time. Tony, uh, let's get into picks to click. And first of all, who are they brought to you by? Picks to click are brought to you by our sponsor. Second City Picks. You can find them at Second City Picks on Twitter and at secondcitypicks.com if you're on the World Wide Web and you want to make some picks to win yourself some free food. Johnny, why don't you talk about some free food for a minute because I'm hungry. Free food. Yeah, free food. Uh, in order to win it from Second City Picks, super simple. Uh, you go to that website address, secondcitypicks.com. Uh, go and enter your score prediction for the, that day's featured game. Uh, usually been White Sox and Cubs. I know today uh, is a Bears one, so um, they just kind of roll with what the theme of the day is there. But either way, uh, you just make predictions for whatever it is, um, whether that is uh, – Final score, uh, you know, you got to predict the runs for both teams, uh, combined number of runs, or uh, uh, there could be other sort of uh, little fun games that they do um, with the guest totals that you'd have to put up there. But either way, you enter it, you get it right, uh, you send your email uh, underneath it. When when you get it right, uh, they will send you an email with the uh, – your gift card to a Chicagoland food establishment. Uh, it's super simple. Uh, secondcitypicks.com is where you enter those. And like I said, they will send you an email receipt so you remember what your picks are. And then when you win, they will send you uh, your gift card to your email as well. So uh, that's it. Secondcitypicks.com, Second City Picks on Twitter. Beautiful. Um, now, the hard part about the, about the picks to click lately has been, what's the lineup going to look like? Um, I know we didn't see James McCann today. So I might have to go James McCann tomorrow. Other than that, maybe Jose Abreu. But I'm going to stick with McCann. First first thought here, um, just get back in there and uh, maybe drive one out in a clutch situation uh, like he did in this series. Um, so I'm going to go McCann. 
Yeah, um, that's a good one. And mine, you know, I'd pick for today's game, Jose Abreu, uh, not in the lineup. So uh, I get a big X there, or N slash A, not applicable. Um, so I'm going to go just roll it over to Friday night's game, Jose Abreu, um, big bomb to left field. That's what I'm predicting. All right. Any any thoughts on what we're going to do this series? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go take two or three. Uh, it's time to, uh, you know, show the angels that they are what they are. They are patchwork outside of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, and I truly believe that I know that there's, there's been injuries uh, that have plagued them over the years. Uh, guess what? Every team has injuries to deal with. So just look at the Yankees. They are exceeding, you know, just excelling, uh, just blowing out the AL East. And they have had like almost like 36 different IL, uh, you know, players hit the IL this year. So um, it's possible to be done. And if you don't have patchwork around those guys, um, then you you put yourself in a better position. You'll actually compete. So uh, I'm going to say we stick it to them. A little payback for, you know, that three, uh, one series loss out there in Anaheim um, in August. So, uh, yeah, I would go two out of three. Uh, I think Friday night's nothing's ever a lock completely, but I do feel really, really good about Lucas Giolito taking the mound. Me too. Um, I think two out of three is very reasonable. Um, you're going to get the return of Dylan Covey uh, on Saturday, but I think Dylan Cease. Um, I know my prayers to the baseball gods in his last start um, semi worked, but uh, I think I think this is it for Dylan Cease uh, on Sunday. This is going to be the complete package, and then then uh, Lucas Giolito is going to do something great tomorrow, but. Uh, you know, I think two out of three is very reasonable um, to expect. Uh, with that said, we'll probably go or, or one and one and two. Uh, I think um, we, I think we're going to end up one and two. Uh, but you know, two out of three here, very reasonable to expect. Yeah, like I said, maybe maybe it's a little bit um, blinded by a good effort today, uh, getting ahead of myself a little bit. But uh, I'm going to be there for two of the three, so I'd like to see two wins when I'm there, Don't um, I know you you had saw a couple of very unfortunate, just brutal losses in that twin series uh, in the last homestand before. I've seen we the twins way out. too many times this year. Way yeah. too many times. Yeah. I, I never want to watch another White Sox Twins game ever in my life. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. So uh, th- that's all I've got for uh, today's Socks on Tap. Uh, just make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com uh, for all your Chicago sports literature needs, as our guy Buzz would say. Uh, speaking of Buzz, he's up at the Bears game with the Juice Man, uh, throwing an ontap tailgate up there. They got the flag out there. So um, don't know if anyone would be listening from the lot, um, but if you are going to find the ontap flag, go, go find the Buzz and Juice Man. Um, but, yeah, uh, Bears on tap, like I had mentioned, it is football season that does start tonight. Um, you know, we, we'll still be here for you baseball-wise, but we do have a great team of uh, writers podcasters that are over on the Bears side covering that so that's at Bears on tap on Twitter and then you just go on the on tap sportsnet website category Bears uh, go and check them out um, like I said football season is back tonight absolutely Johnny it was uh, it was a pleasure to watch a White Sox winner with you today um, hopefully we get to see another one tomorrow um, with that said White Sox forever White Sox forever <laughs>